0: hi and welcome to the latest episode of the Glenvor podcast with your host jj and uh we are on episode three of season four trying to keep track of these because it seems to go on for far too long and I, I don't want it to turn into some sort of sort of do you remember the series 20 was it 24 and it just with Kiefer sutherland where it just seemed to endlessly bin watch and keep going um even though it seemed like everybody he worked with was basically a spy or corrupt in some way. (laughs) you think he would have just decided to work by himself and not have an office, but uh, things like that, yes. So it's got totally nothing to do with Glenvor, but, you know, it it has that feeling um, of relentlessness sometimes. But I know there will be a great shock across the Whiskey community as I am delivering an episode on time, and we are looking at two particular entries. Um, We have the Glenvor purifier, um, and uh, welcome for to a curler. So we've got a sports dynamic and a more technical whiskey aspect. So two polar opposites, but linked together by a distillery and probably William Burney as well. So we'll do the curling. Now, curling is a Scottish sport, very popular um, in the Highlands. Um, also other places like uh, Scandinavian countries and the... Um, Canada so it's basically somewhere if you've got ice you know you get the broomsticks out and uh, although they're not brooms are they but uh you know and you, you the pucks and stuff <laughs> so uh never played it but I always fancied it although I probably fall flat on my face but um I'm good at sweeping so anyway so this particular article William Burney as I say he was back at the rink in Inverness um I know where the rink in Inverness is is i don't know if that's the original one that he would have been but anyway um it comes from the aberdeen press and journal from the 25th of january 1971 so just um <coughs> apologies uh a year before uh, mckinley and Bernie sold up to dcl and only a couple years from uh william's passing uh in this it tells us that he's been playing for 62 years which does not come as a surprise as we do have photographic evidence of his dad john Bernie, being a particularly uh competitive curler as well as golfer um and you think about the highlands the abundance of opportunities and it was probably seen as a a very gentleman gentlemanly sport anyway and in this one he um, is the honorary president of the the local club and he is presenting them with a new trophy (coughs) sorry i just seem to oh as soon as i hit record i seem to have developed um a cough but anyway the really, really cool thing about this one was it got me thinking not only about his father and uh, the connection we have there. Um, and we also, you know, uh, have a, a story linked in the article, which I will link down below about John. But um, we have the Inverness Curling Club, who's still going to this day. And actually, re- remarkably, and I think fantastically, have the Willie Burnie Trophy. It is the one and the same trophy. Um... That he must have presented to them back then uh, i think perhaps there was two trophies um this is certainly one of them and i think it's quite rewarding that we're you know we can actually see a trophy still in existence part of william Burney and the Burney family still active as it was intended so it's quite a i guess a fitting and yeah, I I think it's it's great that you know the, the distilleries have gone, but um, in some ways we actually have part of uh, the existence still continuing. <coughs> oh my goodness! Stop coughing. Anyway, part of me was going to reach out to the the curling club about it and uh, and take it from there, um, but. Probably they're probably a bit geeky. Um, you know. Uh yeah, we see. You never know. You know, these things come around and we could find out more. But anyway, we're gonna kick on and we are going to the Glenvor Purifier. Now this is sort of um precursor to a, a later update, which will probably be in the next episode. So when we think we've got everything about Glenvor and I, I, I'm really proud of the, the distillery information page, you know, um I can still see avenues of exploration uh, and I know Alan Winchester is particularly keen about the the old mills um, which were uh, I think we think were the originals throughout their existence remember we have um, for Glenvor various enhancements and investments and yeah, refurbishments but nothing about the mills whatsoever you know we've got every other part documented which you know, Alan seems quite confident that the original mills, and certainly we have nothing evidence-wise to, you know, discredit that whatsoever. And I think, yeah, we know how these things are built. You know the lines that they will trot out and uh, distillery tours about these mills being indestructible. You know, uh, I remember when I used to play Fallout, um, which is probably quite a boring game. Um, at some at some stages in the, this post post-apocalyptic world, um, I was surprised we didn't come across a Porteous mill in, in some wrecked building or perhaps i was looking the wrong place but you know uh, it seems to me they are one of the indestructible things that will always reside you know and uh, i think about all those et atari cartridges buried in the desert allegedly that might come to light one day you know so i think of them in that sort of light that they're indestructible and they they will always endure so where those mills went what happened to them etc we do not know that is part of the appeal and certainly a name of the project along with everything else so if we can find out by hook or crook um, it would be great Um, unfortunately we know that the DCL archives do not contain that level of information Um, so you know we have to rely on maybe third-party accounts or just a random find perhaps in the future however um, this particular article um, we were mentioning uh, in a prior podcast some of the latest finds and i read out uh, a particular logbook entry and Alan's listens to these i don't listen to me um but he seems to uh and um you know uh, he commented to me um the recent distilleries of the uk article mentions pu- the purifier and the picture of the return pipe can be seen as well as the picture of a still with william Burney uh in front so this was the ex to the external still i assumed this was the tailpipe from the worm carry distillate so my assumption was wrong um and i think that's one of the great things about working with alan you know you, you know, not that you're wrong um but it, you know to take back and think hey you know we might we might be off the track here let's hold our hands up let's reevaluate let's look at this new information let's take it forward you know i think that's great you know um, because certainly, as as we know, you know, a lot of the whiskey literature when it comes to Glenvor is... Uh, I always think wrong's a strong word, but incomplete or inaccurate is probably fairer. Um, because nobody's done this before uh, to this extent. Uh, the information's out there, and as I say, you know, it, it just takes a bit of dedication. You know, it's not a full-time endeavour, but this has been a project for several years now and will endure um and i'm not going to put my feet up on the table one day and say that's it it's done because i think you know these distilleries have a life of their own and somebody else might come along in a 10 20 years time and uh, you know potentially you know, give us something else, which would be fantastic. However, uh, Alan goes on to say, re-listen to the podcast, and as you read out the exciseman's note, I heard something that I missed. Uh, when the low wines and faint still, you mentioned that he said, the purifier return was secured. This is something I've forgotten or missed the low wines and faint still was fitted with a purifier. So the next question is, when was it fitted? Also, were there purifiers on other stills? So it's a mystery. We do not know. You know, there is nothing so far to comment on purifiers being fitted or added, you know, enhanced whatsoever. It's a blank canvas. I would hope, again, that we might get more detail in the McKinley and Burnley archives in Glasgow when I get to it. Yes, ETA on that is 2024. Uh, we're going to persuade my family by hook or crook. Let's go spend some time in Glasgow and... Um, Dad, dad's just gonna to go to the um, archives for the day <laughs> um, so please leave me alone. Um, something like that but purifiers cost money you know requests cost money. It's interesting because when you look back at John Burney who would have been pretty he was responsible for the intern you know we know it was um, uh, Charles Doig balanced distillery. But, you know, John would have had a big input in this. You know, he was obviously working at Ben Rinnis. We had uh, Robbie Robertson who worked at Mortlach, who he brought on board from an early age. Pretty much one of the first employees, I would think. You know, these people were employed in some of the big names of the Speyside distilleries and the Speyside distilleries that had character and maybe did distillation a little bit unconventionally because of historical oddities in their makeup so what do you do when you come to designing your own distillery back then you know john would have been fair well in adver- advised um through his experiences and i'm also forgetting glen alban which we've yet to tap into uh and it's d-shaped worm tubs and everything else and it's tall stills you know so he would have had this would have been an opportunity for him from the Ground zero, ground up, to build his own distillery. He wasn't going to be stuck with uh, distills of not what he would have wanted to give the character spirit. You know, worm tubs that were not of his liking. Purifiers which were, you know, not him. Or maybe he wanted them. You know, we do not know. So watch the space because hopefully we can add some more to that. But that is just the latest mystery, you know, and then the part of this journey is all about mysteries. And I've certainly answered a couple. But I've also unfortunately shot myself in the foot and created a few more. So uh, that's life, isn't it? So life goes on. And um, I think this weekend coming, we are going to have a logbook update. And uh, that logbook update is going to be about double duty or, as I think it's probably more called now, um, not excisement, uh, overtime of the excisement. So it's a very short entry, but, you know, again, you can take it at face value. It gives us the hours they were doing, the, the names of two individuals brought on board. It suggests that since the uh, retirement of Gilbert W. Peterkin uh, in the early 50s, you know, Glenmore was into that modern age where it didn't really have a fixed a permanent excise and representative that was more sort of a, a fluid take on things, perhaps the Inverness office had moved from um, the two distilleries, or the three distilleries in fact, to a more central office in the high street, and with that you know, names came and went, uh, in terms of representatives there was no great consistency or home presence uh, on the distillery site, which I think comes through, so uh and you can also step back again and think about it as why were they needing these extra people, were these uh, holiday seasons, was there illness perhaps, or was something happening on site that required uh, extra hands or um, an extra pair of eyes. So. Uh, there's nothing documented around about this time about enhancements or work on the distillery so again potentially more mysteries but it just gives us more and I think what the great thing about the logbook is you know the chunk of the period it's given us yes I would have loved there will be one a logbook out there somewhere but it seems to have been lost to time it would have been great to have the 1890s right through to when we kicked off uh, in the sort of early '30s, but what it has given us so far is from the '30s to into the '60s, which really probably was the more undocumented era of Glenfarr. Um, we don't really know, apart from some pieces of work done at the distillery, what went on throughout this time. And certainly, the war period was very much, um, you know, closed off, you know, unknown. So we've really managed to do that through the logbook. So uh, I think you know we've got the best as we can so anyway that's us for this episode thank you for listening please as always if you want to comment please do if you want to visit the site with the links please do you know it's there for you and um, we will uh, continue on our merry way with this um, crazy journey so thanks again and I shall see you I'm going to say next week but yeah let's not get ahead of ourselves thanks